Andrew Lisa's show. And it starts right now. What is going on, everybody? Today is May 15th, 2023. And welcome into the Andrew Lisa show. I'm really excited for today's guest. Um, if you're on NBA Twitter, if you're on Twitter in general, you know who she is. Her name is Molly Morrison. Uh, she runs the social for Bleacher Report. She does a lot of cool stuff. So, I, I mean, it's, on, it's an honor to have you on. How you doing, Molly? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I don't know if everyone on Twitter knows who I am, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, listen, I, I've seen your tweets for a long time. Post a lot of funny stuff. Even even when it's like son's jokes and it comes out at our expense, you know, game seven. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. But, I um, mean, yeah, like, so obviously you're you're from Memphis, right? Yes, I am. And and you're a Grizzlies fan. Like, how kind of a rocky end to the season? That uh, mm-hmm. the first round losing in six. How, how are you feeling about the team's outlook? Yeah, you know, you know, there's a lot of um, factors going into the Grizzlies' future right now and the Grizzlies' present. I think that it's almost easier to swallow what happened this season for me than potentially, you know, maybe a fan like you or a Sixers fan. Definitely a Sixers fan because the Grizzlies have really overachieved for several years now since John Morant has been on the team. I think that, like, literally his first season, they make the play-in. They don't make the playoffs. The second season, they win the play-in. They win twice in the play-in and knock the Warriors out, and they make the playoffs. Third season, you know, they make a bit of a run in the playoffs, and then Jaw gets injured. So coming into this season, expectations are naturally going to be high, but over the season, in my opinion, I think the Grizzlies front office made a lot of moves. They got a little cocky because they had so many good draft picks years in a row. So they were like, you know what? We're going to get rid of some of our talent and our depth and we're going to trade them in for younger guys, younger talent. And I kind of bit them in the, you know what, when it came playoff time. And, you know, you have guys who are not really full NBA players running around with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So... I think this offseason is definitely going to be an interesting one. I think there's going to be a lot of internal questions they have to ask themselves. To me, they need to stop messing around and it needs to shift from, a oh, what other smart moves can we make to build this team in the future with young guys to, okay, what moves can we make now to add pieces around our young talent? Because they have their core. Um, Obviously, Jaws' future is a bit shaky right now we don't really know what that's going to look like but right now we're just going to assume you know he's a grizzly for the long term and things are great so they've got jaw they've got jaron they've got desmond really what they need to do is build around that and i'm interested to see how aggressive they are in this offseason yeah and obviously you know it'd be disingenuous if we didn't you know speak about the elephant in the room um <laughs> so john moran again came out with another incident on on instagram live and obviously, this is the second one. I believe the early one coming in March. Um, and he was suspended eight games. You know, he spent a few weeks. Obviously, had an interview with Jalen Rose. It's hard because, listen, as much as everybody wants to judge somebody, criticize, if you're an NBA player in the limelight, you're going to get criticized. You're going to have everybody's opinion. Um, I'm certainly not condoning what he did. I think at some point people do need to realize that it is an incredibly young human being who is living life for the first time. And all of a sudden he has more money than he could ever imagine. And like, the thing is, we're all mature, right? We all, as we get older, listen, if you talk to me four years ago when I was 21, I, I'm telling you I'm a completely different person. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard when you are growing up in front of everybody. So especially you as a you know, just an NBA fan and a Grizzlies fan, like how is it to see these things that Jaws getting into? Especially when when you really talk about what he's done in the community and like just as a person, he's been outstanding. But then you also have this side where it's like, okay, these things are unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, that was a very kind and empathetic analysis of the situation. Um, actually, I was going to come on your podcast the first time, the first Instagram live with the gun, and then I canceled on you because I was like, I'm, I'm a little bit, I, I don't feel like talking about basketball right now. Um, the NBA gives him a punishment that is slightly generous if you want to look at it. I mean, it's sort of, un- these things are unprecedented, like the specific when before has been a situation of a superstar waving a gun in a strip club on an Instagram Live? There hasn't. So there's no really things to compare it to. But I felt like the punishment there could have been longer. It could have been more intense. And then, you know, you have Jaw coming back. And me and all Grizzlies fans I know are are really seeing the amount of pressure that's built up. And we, obviously, Grizzlies fans are going to lend more patience and empathy towards him because we love this guy like you said he he's come into the city and just put us in the limelight like he's reached the limelight and he's taken us with him he takes memphis with him he wants it to be a part of his identity he loves it um so yeah and he's young so i think that when that happened it was sort of a okay like we don't know what's going on in his head um obviously understand the criticism but i'm not gonna sit here and criticize like this is an opportunity for him to grow and learn. So, oh God, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but I mean, there's nothing I'm going to say that's it's anything crazy. So, you know, then you have him returning to the team, and I really admire the way he carried himself in the playoffs. I don't think he needed to carry himself any certain way, obviously, just not having a gun. Um, right. But... The one thing, although some people critiqued, was he did skip media availability for one game. But you know what? Like, even in that instance, that happens. Players do that. If you're doing that every time you have a tough loss, that's a bad look. But for me, like, he's obviously gone through a lot in these last few months. Has he been the cause of the things he's gone through? Sure. But like you, like we've said, like, there is a certain amount of empathy and grace you need to grant people because um, you just aren't in their shoes and you can't put yourself there. That being said... He wasn't, you know, doing the normal trash talk the Grizzlies do, which I never mind. But just when he knew that, like, when the spotlight's on him like this, I think that it was just time to to just, <laughs> like, tone it down a little bit. Yeah. But then you have the issue of Dylan Brooks, which is a whole other thing, oh, who man. is doing <laughs> that trash talk for him plus more. And for me... In a time that John needed a lot of quiet and um, lack of negative attention, again, I'm not blaming Dylan for this. I'm just analyzing the situation. Right. From, as someone who is speculating and doesn't know, um, you have Dylan drawing all of this negative media attention to Memphis, which has all these national outlets posting, I'm fine in the West jokes. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. When the Grizzlies got eliminated, I've personally never seen that amount of negative jokes from national league led and run accounts yeah anyway i don't think that the trash talk or any of that was the issue ever with jaw like i think people blew that way out of proportion however like 
when he needed that negative attention to go away, obviously that wasn't going to help him, you know? So I think that's why I felt like it wasn't the time, that Lakers series, like they needed to to really focus on basketball because it just would have been detrimental for the mental health and everything. Yeah, of course. It, he's then, the game's over, the last game, we get eliminated. He's on the podium saying, I know that I have to be better. I have to be a better leader. I have to be a better leader on the court and off the court. And I really admired that because it was it was accountability. It felt like real accountability. And I was excited to see how he... Um, how he continued that. Yeah. We obviously saw my cat. <laughs> um, we obviously saw the loss that came for him, which was losing all NBA. Um he lost out on all NBA, which means he lost out on a lot of money. Nike decided to stick with him through this. Uh, like we've said, it's one mistake, like he's young, he didn't hurt anyone. But here we are leading up to this last situation. And I think that it's obviously, to me, this is different because so many people have lent him that grace. Right. And his teammates have lent him that grace. And he has just sort of like laughed at it and, you know, shown that he is not necessarily changing his behaviors in the way he said he would. Yeah, and that's what I, I like, listen, one thing to point out is, first of all, in the first video, he did not literally break any laws, right? So it's, you know, they talked about his more morality, like the look for the league. Um, and as you and I, we're having empathy for him. Obviously, he's 23. Listen, and if they put out every stupid thing we did when we were 23, even for me, it's only a few years ago, like, Anybody who's listening to this, when you were 23, you did a lot of dumb stuff. I am 22, so. <laughs> wow, you're 22. I am 22. Why did I, I, I really thought you were like 26, like 27. Wow, no. Do I not look like I'm No, 18? you do, but it's like, like, <laughs> like, okay, not even to like gas you up. But no, like every, no, no, no. Everything yeah, that you've it. done, and like I've seen yeah. you for years, everything you've done, like I thought you were just older, like. Yeah, no, wow, I appreciate that. that. We'll, we'll talk about the Bleacher Report thing in a sec, but that's actually really impressive. Wow. Okay, Thank Molly, you. you're going to do a lot of stupid stuff in 23. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but, um, yeah, so obviously we have empathy for him and, you know, but at some point, at the same time, you got you to gotta get it right because obviously he said Nike stuck with him, the Grizzlies stuck with the support because they know the, the type of guy he is and can yeah, be. Yeah, and because we're rooting point, for him. Yeah, and you're talking about the, but when, when that trust starts to become betrayed and it's not, you know, a lot of people have a lot of money and time invested into somebody like him. When that when that trust starts getting betrayed, then things can get bad. Like, I mean, I think we all just hope this is the last kind of incident like this. And obviously, we don't know um, what the repercussions are going to be for this. But listen, yeah. At the end of the day, we are just you know we're spectators. We don't know what's going on in his everyday life. We don't know everything yeah. about things. We're just fans of him. Like we want we we can see how amazing he is at the game of basketball and like how charismatic he is. And for you, you're from Memphis, and you see like. He's always putting on for Memphis, man. Like, that mm-hmm. is really cool. Like, that's what, like, Suns fans appreciate about, like, Devin Booker. Always putting on for Phoenix. Right. Like, you would think he's from Phoenix. And and the last thing I'll say is that the media availability of things, like, um, you talked about with, uh, you know, the last game of the season, uh, he just dipped out. Brooks did. It's like, yeah. Devin did the same thing after game six because mm-hmm. it's like, he yeah. doesn't always do that. But listen, if, you know, if, you know, you and I, like, we have one of our worst moments in life, you know, we just, you know, did horrible like on a test or you just you know did you see something really bad you're like, hey you're, you want to talk about how horrible you did <laughs> like 
Like, yeah. Nobody, nobody wants yeah. to do that. And again, th- there's a standard and an expectation that comes from being a professional who makes millions of dollars that yeah. you load at the media. At the end of the day, they're human beings, and sometimes they just don't want to. Right. So. Right, and that's when that's why the all the Jaws situation is so complicated. And like, I think that in the conversations we have about him, it's so important to remember that. Like, for me right now, I am not worried about okay, what does this mean? I mean, obviously there is some worry for that, but it's not like what does this mean for the basketball team? It's like I just want him to be on a good path for himself, yeah. and I don't want him to, you know, for the other people who believe on him and count on him on his team like and love him i just hope that he that he can be on a good path like that's really yeah. all there is to say like there's just i'm not defending his actions i just hope that i hope he's good and, and, I, I, hope and I, think good, I think that was a good healthy discussion about it um you know obviously not pe- not placing blame on anybody else but also realizing at the end of the day it's a human being like it's like the rest yeah. of us human being. so yeah now moving on like okay i'm still in shock you said you're 22 years old <laughs> yes listen I'm 25 right now. I'm finally starting to do some things I'm pretty proud of. You know, thanks to a lot of support from people. I appreciate that. I was 22, bro. I was still playing Fortnite like a few hours (laughs) a day. Like, like, 22, I could not imagine. So walk people into this. Like, so tell tell everybody exactly what you do for Bleacher Report. I mean, obviously, you have your own brand. You got 100,000 followers. You're killing it as well. Like, what is it that on an everyday, take us to an everyday uh, in the life of Molly Morrison? Yeah, so... I mean, just to back up, I have been doing essentially sports media since I was 12. Um, I, I've i told this story like a billion times, so I won't bore people with it, but I ran an anonymous Grizzlies Twitter account from the ages of 12 to 18. I told people who I was, and that sort of launched me into the sports media space because that account had grown a bit of a following. I never imagined when I did that, that it would translate to my personal account. It just wasn't the plan. It wasn't, it just in my head, it was like, why would people want to follow me to hear what I had to say about basketball? Um, And so I think just over the years, as I started tweeting more on my personal and less on that Grizzlies page, I, you know, really started to build a community there and to, I just have a lot of fun in the space. I just, I, I love to write. I love to talk about sports. So just kind of combining all of those things and using my voice on Twitter has been such a journey and just growing there. So yeah, here I am. I graduated last summer. I It's not like I graduated and I just instantly was like, oh, Bleach Report's like, Molly, hello, how are you? Like, come right uh, here. You know, yeah. that's not how it worked. Like, there was months of trying to figure out what I was going to do. There was months of you know, sending countless emails to people like, hey, just to be transparent, because I don't want people to think like people that are struggling to get into the space. I don't want people to think like, oh, it's it's so easy. Like for some people, like it wasn't for me. Obviously, I did have my resume, which was just that online presence. But it took a lot of adjusting what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do off the bat. And eventually I got into contact with the people at Bleacher Report, and I decided when, you know, I was sort of like, do I want to do a talent role, right? Do I want to do talent full-time? Is that something I can do full-time? And I initially was like, I don't want to do social media. I do too much of it on my own. I don't want to do it for a brand. But right. my mindset sort of started to change when I when I spoke to Bleacher Report because I started to realize, like, like you've said, like, wait, you're 22. I'm 22. There's no rush for me to start a show. There's no rush for me to 
go try to do everything. Like, I think that the coolest part of working for Bleacher Report has just been in doing their social for the national pages. Yeah. Has been being forced to be around the NBA 24-7. Like, I was working nights a lot in my first months. And, like, you know, you're just, you're sitting there watching games and, and working. And during the day, really what you do is you're surveying the internet you're trying to see what people are talking about you're brainstorming you know like what are things maybe i could bring back so i think it's been so valuable slowing down in terms of like oh i not that doing this is lesser than anything else but like saying to myself like i don't need to to just be visible right now any chance i get like i want to take my time and continue to sharpen my knowledge and continue to just be around it so I've really, really enjoyed doing that. And, you know, I'm still able to do other things. Like I recently did the Twitter live for Bleach Report, which actually, that I don't know, cool. that wasn't a part of my job. Like that's, so that's like a separate thing I do. So my job is social programming. And then like, I do my own stuff mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. You got, you got Taylor Rooks to laugh at my tweets. So, I was laughing when I saw you. I was like, Richard, the Suns were losing. I was like, yo, let's not forget the real important thing here is that Taylor Rooks is laughing at my tweets. <laughs> for, for people that are listening, I was for Twitter Live, I was I was putting tweets from game. I was we were watching games and I was putting tweets into the show that Taylor Rooks and whoever her co-hosts were, which it was always Channing Fry and then a different person to react to. So I put his tweet in and they laughed at that and <laughs> he reacted to that. Yeah, it was, it was, I was able to stomach the game one loss against the Clippers a little better. Um, <laughs> no, but that is, it is so cool because a lot of people, like, especially if you're not in this space, you don't really understand it. Uh, it's like anything, you know, if you're not doing the job, you don't get it. Like, yeah. For most of the people that I, again, I'm, I've talked about what I'm doing a little bit. It is a lot of work to just like always be online right because like you do always want to be the first person to you know get that moment um but i think you also learn along the way and and i got a question for you after this it's just like sure when you're starting you just want to put stuff fast but i think it's also important to like you know help out the creators that are helping to to yeah this out. like honestly i made a big mistake like i so something i always pride myself on like i use pictures a lot right so i think photographers are huge for what i do personally and I, I, had, uh, and I think this is part of, again, growing up, you're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Of course. You can't just ignore stuff and be like, oh, like, whatever. So, like, every time I post a picture, I tag the, the photographer. So many times I'll be like, hey, go follow this person. And during the game, like, I, somebody was like, hey, like, use my picture. I'm like, okay, my bad. I, and I'll tag you next time. Like, I, I, cause I always do that. People DM me, like, all the time. I'll do that. Um, and then, so it was halftime and I was mad at a game and I posted the same picture that he told me not to post, like, literally. Like, I was not thinking, and I was like, dude, and then after the game, I, like, kicked myself, like, what am I doing, like, and again, I did it, I tagged him after, but it was like, yeah. you really owe it, because, like, it really is, like, a little ecosystem, you know, like, we all have to, like, help each other. Yeah, um, totally. I, I always think about it, it's like, you know, because it doesn't matter what your intentions are, right, in terms of, like, content, it's, it's, any of us, anytime our content is stolen, or even, like, heavily imitated, you take offense to it, because we do yeah. care a lot about the stuff we do. Um, yeah, it is frustrating. So I think there is like a moral integrity to be like, hey, like, I want to, yeah. I want to better like the content I'm making. I want to make cool stuff, but like, you're not gonna just step on people's shoulders to get there either. Um, that is something I appreciate about you guys. Anytime you guys have posted anything that I've said too, it's like, hey, you cool if I post it here? You cool if I do this? Instead yeah, of like, oh, yeah. we're just taking it. That that right. I actually really respect. So I have a question though. So 
you are content. You run the Bleacher Report. Because I know I look at things. Like, I know now I've done it so long. Again, I've been probably in the sports media thing for since I was 15, um, mm-hmm. if not younger. So I see something, I'm like, okay, this is going to do amazing. Like, this 100%, like, I know it's going to do great. Like, yeah. you kind of get to that point. Um, what goes through you? Like, do you have, like, a group of people that kind of send tweets or – you know, is it mostly you or like, how do you find a tweet? You're like, I, this is something we want to post on the main. Yeah. So I think that like, there's, you know, a team of however many of us, eight or nine of us who run the national social pages. And there's a lot of people who run the portfolio brands, which are like highlight her. Um, I'm like playing VR walk off the VR football. Like there's people who specifically do those, but for the bleacher report is really primarily NBA, though it does cover all sports. So that's what I do. And in terms of that, I think that like we're really encouraged there to trust our call. Um, so like if I see like literally the other day, I saw Desmond Bain tweeted, um, a joke about that surgery someone posted about a surgery that like length made them taller and he he quote tweeted it was like i need this for my arms because obviously (laughs) he is kind of like people just make fun of him for the wingspan and like if someone else was online at that moment would they have posted that on bleacher report maybe not but i was like you know what like i think this is funny i trust this and i'd rather swing and miss than not swing at all and that's sort of what the vibe there is so yeah i mean there we posted that i think that it's really it's really not this like whole thing like okay we sit there and it's like is this worth it a lot of it is really just going with your call Uh, obviously for tougher subjects there is a lot more like filtering and like what do we we don't want to you know do anything that could be like negative or harmful um so but yeah for the most part it's really just Going with your vibe. Going so I, with what I have you a want. little like a little like shit going on. It's like and I've done it for a while now. But it's like so our our producer Ruben, um, so he helps me along with the edits. So sometimes I'll message him. Like like two weeks ago, I was like, I need this edit, please. And it was just like literally just a picture of Kevin Durant. I'm like, it'll go crazy. Like this is like Kevin Durant and said like Kevin Durant first haircut in NBA history. They got like fifty thousand likes. And then oh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then. And then, like, again, with content and learning content, like, he sent me a picture, like, a few weeks ago, and it was, like, it was just, like, it shimmed the sun's picture, and it just said, like, Devin Booker, first player since Michael Jordan. And it's just, like, it's done humor like that. It's, like, and he would send it to me, like, yeah, that's going to go crazy. And something so silly like that, you get, like, 50,000 likes, like. Yeah, just... yeah. I think that's why I followed you, because you had a funny, you had a funny tweet about, like, first, I don't know, that, that was I had, funny. I had a couple, it was, like, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, like, first duo in NBA history. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mikel Bridges, first player in NBA history. It's just, like, it's, it's yeah. silly stuff it's like that. It's funny. I like, I like taking bits too far, so I'm a fan yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I, it, is, it is true, though. It's, like, so, like, for me, like, they do well, but it's also, like, I don't know. Like, the other day, like, numbers are cool and all that likes, but it's, like, to me, I like to make cool shit. Like, so, I'm, like, I don't ever want to start to bid out too much where it's just corny and not fun anymore, so it's, it's like, a yeah. fine line. But, uh, yeah, totally. So yeah, I, I want to give your last thoughts on something. Um, obviously the Suns, you know, the season ended pretty disappointingly. Uh, didn't end with the ring, which is what everybody, what everybody wanted. But I'm just curious for somebody on the outside looking in. Um, obviously you know the game seven last year, uh, you know, just disastrous and one of the worst losses I've ever, ever watched a sports fan. 
<laughs> and yeah. now you have, but now you like realistically, I know people want to like troll and all this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, you still have Devin Booker who solidified himself, I think, as a top nine, eight player in the league at like right. the least. And then you have Kevin Durant who, listen, it's so funny. You look at Kevin Durant, it's like, damn, this guy's kind of been kind of like mid all postseason. Like, I don't really get it. And you look at his averaging like 37, six on like elite efficiency. You're like, what? <laughs> Wow, that yeah. like, he doesn't even look like he's playing like Kevin Durant. I know. So you still yeah. have those two for the next three years at least. You know, there's rumors about Kyrie. There's rumors about Harden. You know, they could all just they could choose to just go the depth route like the Lakers are doing, right, with AD, LeBron, and a bunch of players that know their role and are, and are talented. I'm just curious, like, outside looking at like, how do you see the future of that team? And, you know, for yeah. a lot of Suns fans listening to this, like, how do you think they should feel in the future? Yeah, um, the Suns were very interesting for me in this playoffs because even in the Clippers series that they won, I never felt, like, confident in them. <laughs> I felt like they displayed a lot of flaws in that series as well. I think that, first of all, you don't have to explain KD, defending KD to me, because I am, like, the biggest KD stan. I think he is, like, him and Kawhi, just in terms of, if we're not, we're not talking about go, we're not talking about this, that, like, in my lifetime, those two players are who I have feared the most. I think they're phenomenal. And Booker, I mean, I'm a huge fan of him as well. Specifically, the effort he does put in on defense because a lot of guys who do what he does offensively don't put in that effort. Right. Um, so I really admire that. But I think the biggest issue with a team that relies so heavily on two guys exploding offensively is that it's just not going to work in the playoffs. Like, that's a team that can win regular season games, but to go all the way when you're expecting to win, you have to have them combine for 70. Like, that's just not realistic. Um, and it, it'll wear them down. And then when they don't have those games, you need to be able to lean on your depth a little bit, which I don't think the Suns were able to do as much. Monty, you know, you, you know more than I do. Like, from the outside looking in, I think the biggest thing was some guys that he was playing maybe to fuel the defense a little more he ended up having to make those adjustments and play other guys who would be able to space the floor and help the offense which i do think was beneficial though it did take him a bit of time i just think for this team it's really about figuring out how to how to just really like add those offensive options you know like in a series like that you're not going to beat Denver with your defense you have to try to do it with offense right. and we'll see what they're able to do in the offseason we'll see if they can bring in more defensive threats you know you mentioned Kyrie I have seen some whispers about that I'm not sure if that's the best solution yeah. because like <laughs> you do hope to find someone that can provide that you know defense but yeah, guys like Warren and Ross just in this series when they were able to step up and they were able to lean on that depth, um, it was really special for those periods of time. So I think it'll be interesting. I think that you guys, the biggest hurt from the KD trade was actually the draft picks. I yeah, don't think like losing Mikhail and Cam Johnson. Obviously, Mikhail is great, but like if you're getting KD, you have to get rid of Mikhail. Yeah. That's just what you have to do. And the draft picks are really where the issue is going to come in. So right now you have these two guys who are so talented. And if KD can stay healthy, it's really just about figuring out how to best take some of that pressure off of them and offensively and then like figure out the rest, you know? Yeah. 
No, I, I think that's shit. And it's, you know, obviously not just the draft picks. Who cares? They're going to be in the 20s. But it's just like, now you don't have flexibility to go get somebody else, even like a, a high-end bench player, you know, low-end starter. So, yeah. It's right. interesting. And, I mean, you made a lot of great points. Obviously, Mikel's great. We love Mikel around here. Um, yeah. yeah Mikel, no. if you're listening, if you're listening, Mikel, <laughs> please come to the Grizzlies. Please. Don't do it, Mikel. Come back to Phoenix, Mikel. Don't listen please. to it. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, 2026 is coming back. You heard it. For, you heard it here first. So, uh, wow. Well, no, but I appreciate it again. We're probably wrap it up here, but I really appreciate it. like this was really fun. Like, I mean, obviously, you now you don't build a following like you have, and you know have the accolades that you have without knowing a lot about the game of basketball. Um, so yeah, I really want to thank you for coming on. I mean, you know so much about the game, but I mean, I've talked to you a little bit, you know, here and there, and you genuinely seem like a really good person. So somebody that I'll always support. You know, if I could ever help you in any way, probably can't. I'd love to, um, but yeah, just keep up, keep up the work, keep grinding. Like, you're, I mean, you're ahead, you're ahead for great things. I think everybody who follows you can see it. And you know, just as, as a friend, as a fan, I want to tell you that I'm really proud of you. And just keep going. Thank you. That was so nice. I appreciate that. I mean, like, it's not fun being in this space if you're not like connecting with other people, you know, right. and and all of that. So yeah, it's it's definitely always fun. Like, we all have this shared interest, this shared passion, and just helping each other out along the way is always is always fun so i'm really glad that i was able to come on here and you have been killing it on nba twitter as well so shout out to you appreciate that but yeah i mean thank you everybody who's listening i want to give a huge shout out uh to the host of this show his twitter is it's Rapalda. his name's ruben he does great work <clears throat> go follow him go show him love everything we do wouldn't be possible without him everybody listening if you took the time to listen to the show appreciate you uh, have a great rest of your week. Uh, and just remember, be a good person. Don't judge people if you don't know what they're going through. Let's let's just try to be more empathetic. That's that's the goal of the week. Be more empathetic towards everybody. And let's see what we can do. For me, it's Angelises. Molly, thank you again for coming on. And uh, have a great week, everybody.